love the, uh, the book of Ephesians. It's, it's probably one of my favorite, favorite uh, letters that Paul wrote. Uh, he wrote it to the, the church in Ephesus, and uh, it's just it's powerful. We're going to pick it up in uh, verse uh, 15. If you don't have your Bibles, it should be getting up on the screen soon. Ephesians 1, verse 15, it says this, For, the, for this reason, ever since I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and for your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Come on, I need that, God, in the name of Jesus. So that you may know him better, I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power, his incomparably great power for us, for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also the one to come. Come on, this is good stuff. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Then comparably great power for us who believes. The power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Come on, let's pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you, and we pray that you would just speak to us this morning, Father God, that God, that we would be challenged and that, God, we would have enlightenment today, that, that you would open the eyes of our hearts to see really the potential that we have in you, God. God, we open our minds to receive your word. We open our hearts to receive revelation from you today, Father God. We ask, Holy Spirit, speak to us in your holy name. We all said, amen, amen, amen. Marcus Dupree. You might not really know that name. Some of you might. Uh, some of you might uh, think maybe I've heard of it. Isn't that the guy at uh, Kroger that bags our groceries? No. Uh, it might be unfamiliar. How about this name? Uh, Bo Jackson. Uh, Hank Aaron. Joe Montana, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Babe Ruth. These names are, are well known to us, and, and these are great athletes. They, they, they achieve greatness in their field. And uh, the list can go on. There's, there's people that have lived and done great things. George Washington, uh, Abraham Lincoln, there's, there's, uh, there's greatness people have achieved, and, and their names become household uh, names, but you may might not know Marcus Dupree. His name isn't necessarily a familiar name uh, amongst us. So, uh, to to so you can have an idea who this man is. Uh, and as we go, I'm going to show you a quick video 
Check it out as the guys play it for us. Some memories. It's almost like a dream. I'll tell you, it was so beautiful to watch. I had never seen anybody that big run that fast. It was indescribable. I mean, everybody wanted cars. It was ugly. It was dirty. There's a lot of ways to recruit. Yeah, what mm -hmm. y'all doing with my nephew? There's always an uncle in there. You will see me at the University of Oklahoma. The pitch will go to Dupree outside the 30, 35, breaks the tackle, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 25, 20. Everybody, Christmas, what a run by Dupree. He was the most gifted player that I ever coached. High formation, here's the pitch, here's the fake reverse, the handoff to Dupree, breaks the tackle, 40, 45, 50, over field, 45, 40, goodbye, Marcus. He dwarfed the team in every game. He left that stadium saying, that's the greatest running back to ever play college football. He called me on the phone and he said, I made a terrible mistake. He vanished. He just vanished. It all happened so fast. It just happened. And I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, this is not the way this can end. This cannot end this way. He was Marcus Dupree. Those that saw him play know what they saw was greatness. They saw greatness. Today's sermon title, if you want to write down a title, is The Greatest That Never Was. It's been said that the richest place on earth is, is a graveyard. And uh, the reason being is about six feet below earth in a graveyard, you can find things that were never happened. You can find potential that was never actualized. You can find books that, that were never written. written. There is songs that were never written. There's songs never sang. There's, there's dreams that were never actualized there's there's potential that that never really quite got there and i want to tell you about i want to talk today about potential because i believe that every one of us in in this place has potential potential to be something great potential because because of christ not because of our own strength but because we have the strength that literally raised christ from the Dead. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I have struggled with understanding the potential that I have and understanding the, the capacity uh, to become fill in the blank. I believe that in our lives, sometimes we struggle with understanding the potential to become fill in the blank, whatever that is for you. 
Uh, I don't have the potential to sing like Sharina. I just don't. I mean, just honestly, I, I'm not going to sing like Sharina ever. I just don't have that gifting. Uh, I don't have the potential uh, to be an NFL football player. I know you're looking at me. You're like, I could see it. Like, you could probably maybe. That's okay. No, it's just not in my cards. Like, I, I, I'm not going to play NBA. Uh, I can't jump, and uh, I, can't, I can't dunk in. I, I literally cannot shoot a basketball. I don't know what it is. Like, I enjoy shooting basketballs and shooting hoops, but I'm terrible at it. One time I was, uh, I may, you may remember the story. I think I've told it before, but uh, I was a youth pastor at a, a church. It was a bigger church, and uh, I was walking through the basketball court. They had a full-length basketball court, and a couple of guys, it was during the week, and there's a couple of students there playing basketball, and I was talking to them. We had a big youth event coming up. And I was like, this will be a great time to invite them, uh, kids from the community. And so I was like, uh, hey, have you guys heard about this event coming up? And they were like, no, we have not. And I was like, well, great, you guys should come. And they're, they're you know, playing basketball or whatever. And I was like, here, I'll tell you what, toss me, the, toss me the ball. If I make this shot, you guys have to come, right? And I'm thinking, what could go wrong? The Holy Spirit's on my side. If God be for you, who can be against you? Right? I'm like, God, Holy Spirit, channel the Michael Jordan that's deep within inside me, the potential of making the shot. So they tossed me the ball. I, I believe I wasn't quite at the three-point line, but I was pretty deep. And they tossed me the ball, and they, they agreed to the stipulation. If I make the shot, they have to come. And, and uh, I, so I, I tossed it up, and I uh, bounce it a couple times. I, uh, I pray in the spirit a couple times, and I'm like, dear God, let heaven open up angels from the outfield. Come on. And, uh, and so I, I, I come up, and I shoot. The ball's coming through the air. It was like slow-mo. It was like my life was like, and I'm like, it's going. Uh, it hit the backboard, and I missed by, like, probably three feet, and they laughed. And I was like, you guys still should come because it's cool, and, and I never saw them again. So I just uh, I pray that uh, I pray that God uh, touched them somehow and got a hold of their life. Uh, but I'm not going to ever play basketball. Like, I'm just not. Like, I'm the kid that got picked last in school. They're like, um, is there anybody else? Like, there, you know, I'll take him. I'll take him. And I'm still standing there, like, I guess, come on, Brad. And I'm like, yes. You know, like, I, I just, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be Tiger Woods. I've, I've had a good friend that's, that's good at, uh, at golf, and, and he, he tried to teach me, and I just, I can't quite get it because that's not my potential. But I believe that we all have the potential to be something great for God because God has made you on purpose for a purpose. I, I teach young people, and I'm the youth pastor here if you're, if you're new, and we have a great youth ministry, and uh, we're doing great things, and, and I just I love young people. I love young people because they're, they're still young, and they have their whole life in front of them, and I love the potential that they have to reach uh, the generations. They, they have potential that is unrealized in them, but even at as you get older, I believe a lot of times we can have that potential that we never quite got. And so I want to talk to you about a couple of things, three ways we can kill 
our potential to be great. And greatness looks different from everyone. Every, everyone's greatness can be different. And we're going to talk about that. Because greatness is not necessarily being famous. Greatness isn't necessarily being uh, on the news or, or history books. Greatness sometimes can be a, a mother staying at home with her kids, being the greatest mom to those, those girls and those kids. Greatness sometimes can be the person that is never on stage with a microphone but setting up chairs for urgent for hype nights, come on, if that's your greatness, you get at me. <laughs> we got some chairs to set up. Uh, amen. And uh, that could be somebody's greatness. So, uh, I mean, greatness looks different from every, for, for everyone. I believe there's three things that can kill your potential to be great. Number one, comparison. C- comparison will kill your potential to be great. In the Old Testament, there's uh, two brothers. You might know them, Cain and Abel. And, and they bring their, their offering to, to God. And, and uh, so uh, Abel kept flocks. It says that Cain worked the soil. And in the course of time, Cain brought some fruits from the soil to offer to God. And Abel brought some offering, fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. Uh, the Lord looked favor on Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and he in his face, downcast. And check out the verse, the first six. It says, "The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will be accepted. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you. But you must rule over it." And we know that in the story that that Cain ends up killing Abel and and hiding them and and comparison. They both brought offerings to God, and, and, and God looked favorably on, on Abel's. And, and I believe, like, there's a lot more depth to the story, but I believe in, in the context in which we're talking, sometimes in our lives we can, we can try to do everything right, and we can try to be exactly what God told us. But as we look at the Instagram feed, at the Facebook feed, at the, uh, if you're younger, uh, Snapchat, and we see the highlights of these people, and we begin to compare ourselves. Maybe you're a mother, and you, you see the, this other mother that has everything together. She gets to church, and she has a smile on her face, and she's beautiful. Like my wife, she's beautiful. And, uh, and, and, then, and you just feel like you're lucky just to have made it. Like, you're lucky you didn't leave a kid. Like, okay, I'll just confess. Um, a couple of Sundays ago, uh, it, when, when we roll, we roll deep. The Sims, we just roll deep. Uh, we, we usually roll six, seven deep. Uh, we usually pick up my niece and nephew for, for church or some other kids. When we, go, when we have hype nights, we're, we, we usually go to Paulding County, pick up some friends. Uh, we, just, we just do. We always have lots of people around us. Uh, so uh, sometimes you have to count heads. And um, a couple of Sundays we were uh, leaving church and we were headed home and I was on Bankhead Highway headed to uh, home and, and Pastor Kelly called me and I was like, that's odd. I wonder why Pastor Kelly's calling me. Um, and she, I answered and I was like, hello? She's like, hey, um, are you still at the church? And I'm like, no, no, I'm headed home trying to go get some lunch. She was like, oh, okay, Savannah's still here. And I'm like, 
I left my kid. I'm just going to be honest with you. Don't judge me because I know I've seen I, I, I'm youth ministry. I, I know somebody here has left their kid, so don't judge me. Um, and so I turned around. I turned around and came and got her. Uh, and, and so greatness sometimes looks different. We can't compare ourselves to other people. Sometimes we look and, and if somebody looks like they have it all together, I mean, they, they look fit. They, they, it looks like, come on, every time they, they make a deal, they make money on it. I'm like the worst at deals. Like, I don't, when I sell things, I usually take a loss. Like, I'm just not, or I'll, I'll break even. I'm just not good at that. Like, I feel like there's other people, I look at people and like, just everything they do is like, they, they buy this low and then they sell it high and they always make money on, on deals. And I always feel like I'm like either just giving something away. It might just be because like I'm passive of like, they're like, I'll give you $2 worth. I'm like, but I bought it for $100. Okay, just whatever, take it, you know. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be a good salesperson. They'd be like, I don't want it. I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Uh, you know, like, but some people, we can't compare ourselves to other people. As we compare ourselves to other people, first of all, it, it gives us unrealistic expectations. Because we look at other people and then expect and, and set the bar in this, in this fantasy world uh, that, that we will never achieve. When we compare ourselves with other people, and we, we set false expectations. Youth pastors are, are notorious for this. When, when youth pastors get together, we're always like, how many kids you got in your youth group? You know, like, you know, how many, uh, how many take the camp this, this year? Well, I'll take this many, you know. Like, we're terrible. Like, we compare, and we want to say, well, well, if they're doing this, we look on Instagram, and, and we see, we go, look, people are posting the highlights. They ain't posting the real, you know. The, the, it ain't real. And so we begin to set unrealistic uh, and, and false expectations uh, for us. You need to be you because God made you, right? God made you, you. He didn't make you anybody else. He made you perfectly you. And so we need to be the best us, the best you you can be. See, your potential's in you. Your potential doesn't, isn't uh, in, in anyone else. It's in you and God's power in you. See, God has called you to be you. He has made you on purpose for a purpose. And I believe that God has given you potential to, to be the best you you can be. See, we, come on, if you're married and you've turned all that romantic comedy, Man, sometimes we can compare ourselves to something that's not even real and begin to set expectations that 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 will that aren't, aren't realistic, and we begin to we'll never achieve that. Or we look at somebody else out out in public and and they look like they have it all together, but we don't really know what's going on. See, we we can't compare ourselves to other people. I'm, I'm just be honest with you. I struggle with this. I struggle with this. I listen to other uh, pastors and preachers and, and great communicators of the gospel, and I begin to compare to myself. I'm like, well, I sound like Napoleon Dynamite. I'll never achieve that. You know, like uh, these people that 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 have these great huge congregations. I'm like, yo, God has not called me to be Stephen Furtick. God has not called you. Some of you are like, who's that? But as a, as a great communicator of the gospel these days. But God has not called me to be anybody else 
but Brad Sims. God has called me to sound like Napoleon Dynamite and to preach the gospel and to young people and, and tell them that Jesus loves them and he has made them on a purpose for a purpose. See, I have the potential to be the best me I can be, but I don't have the potential to, to be the best Sharina I, I can be. I have the potential to be the best Brad I can be. I can't be a, a Jeremy. I can't be a Josh. I can't be a Pastor Lance. I need to be me because God made me. And, and, and the same for you. You guys have the potential to to be you and your calling, your lane. Be the best you you can be. And I believe God will bless it. Because, look, we all have the power that raised Christ from the dead. Come on, this is good news. He says that, that we have the incomparably great power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Comparison will kill it. Comparison will kill the greatness and the potential inside you. Compromise. Compromise will kill the greatness Compromise. We begin to accept standards lower than what we desire to be. Compromise. And I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about any, lots of things can be compromised. You know that cheesecake? Just one slice. We get good at justifying things, right? We get good at justifying things. I'm like, you know, like one, one slice of cheesecake ain't going to be back, so I'm going to be going to the gym later, and it's going to be okay. I can work that off. We, we begin to compromise. Well, this isn't so bad. Or we, we begin to compare and then compromise. Come on, they did it, so I could do it, right? Come on, she ate the apple, and they gave it to me. It's not really my fault. You know, like we begin to we'll compromise. We begin to set the standards lower. We can begin to give ourselves a break, right? Compromise. Uh, when we go to the gym, me and my wife, we, we go to the gym, and uh, it's, it's a great time. It's been a blessing to us. And it's just our, the, where we're at in life and the, our kids' age, we, we get, get them to bed, and, and then we, we go sneak off to the gym uh, for about an hour, and it's, it's a time for us to, to connect and, and just be together. And it, it's amazing because, uh, you know, I really just believe that, look, it, I'm going to say, she's probably going to be like, I've heard you say this a million times. It's my thing right now. But we're, we're a tri, we serve a triune God, right? A trinity, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we're made in his image. And this is free. You don't have to, this is not in my notes. But we were made in his image. So we're a tripart person. We have our physical bodies. We have our souls and our spirits. And I believe if we, if, and everything's connected. Everything's connected. Everything's part of the spiritual. If we begin to take care of our physical bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, this is another sermon. This is just interlude. Uh, but the, the, begin to take care of that temple of the Holy Spirit. Man, and God, that will affect your spirituality. That will affect your mental ability. Man, it's all connected. So we, we started working out together, man. And it's been a blessing to our marriage, our, our, our spiritual lives, and our physical lives. Uh, come on. And, um, and so we go to the gym. And I'll just be honest with you. I don't want you to work out in my gym because I'm going to judge you hard. Like, I judge people in the gym. I'll just be honest with you. I do. Because I work on my form. I work on my form, and I try to have the best form I can be. And look, I ain't about. I don't care if it's two we little weights. If I have good form and it's challenging, that's what I do. I ain't, I ain't trying to in there to press nobody. I'm just in there to 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 
be the best me I can be, the, or reach the best potential I have in me. And so I get in there, and these guys get in there, and they'll, they'll load up the bar and just have the worst form. The, and, the, and they'll like, especially squats. I love squats. If you talk to me, I like to talk about squats because I, I feel like it's the best exercise around. And, uh, and so I, I like to squat, and I want to squat the most weight I can, but I want to go as, as deep in my squat as I can. So I go all the way to the floor, go all the way up. And these guys throw all this weight on, they're like, I'm like, you dude, you're not even doing anything. Like, you're barely moving. Like, I'm judging people hard. Rand's like, where you at? And, like, where you at mentally? I'm like, judging this person. You know, and like, I judge people good, too. Like, I, we were standing there, and right now, uh, Friday, I'm actually having surgery to fix our hernia, so pray for me. Um, and I can't, I can't work out right now, so, uh, but we still go, and I'll do some body weight stuff, some light work, uh, and, um, but we were standing there, and, and and, and Rihanna, Rihanna's squatting all the, all the way. She's amazing. I'm like, Phew. and uh, And so she's standing there, and I'm, I'm just standing there talking to her for a minute. And there's a guy next to her. He has three plates, uh, about 315 pounds on her. And, uh, and he's, he's like this guy that with like 0% body fat, like all his muscles bulge. And I'm like, hey, Jeremy. Yeah, it's Jeremy, actually. And, uh, and, uh, and he's and he's. He's just jacked, and so, uh, but he puts he puts the weight on his back, and 315 pounds is a lot of weight. I don't know if you ever put that much on your back, but it's a lot of weight. And man, he goes all the way down, boom, and comes all the way back up. I mean, perfect form, straight back. Just I was like, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, really? And like I'm like, no, that was good. Like so, I'm encouraging too. Like I'm just I can't work out, so I just walk around and encourage other people and spot them. I'm like, go on. Our friend Ben works out there, and, and uh, I was, like, just helping, spotting him and encouraging him. Uh, but uh, I'll get back in there. But um, I'm going to judge you. That's my point. I'm going to judge you because compromise, just in fitness, if co- compromise is going to get you hurt. It's going to get you hurt. Sin, compromise, when we begin to give ourselves a break and we begin to, I don't know, you know, looking at this isn't that bad, you know, I, I, you know or this, whatever – Whatever it is, your thing is, compromise. There's a story in the New Testament. Jesus begins to tell the story of the son that had a great inheritance, and his, he had a brother, and his father had this great inheritance for him. He said, Dad, I want my inheritance because I want to go party. And uh, his dad's like, it's yours. Do what you want with it. So, And, I, you know, thinking about the prodigal son, you might know this story. Uh, he probably wasn't thinking... Yo, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go spend all my inheritance. He just wanted, you know, he's like, Dad, I just want to go live. I just want to, you know, go go see what it's like out there. And and so uh, before long, and, you know, fast forward to to where the son was, he ended up in a pigsty eating pig food. And the reason why this is so important is because this man, this young man, was a Jewish man, and, and from he, you know, the Jewish cu- Jewish culture. And if you if you know that, uh, they they eat a kosher diet. They don't eat swine. They don't eat pigs. And so this young man grew up never eating pig, never even thinking that he would be there. But he found himself so far away from where he was. 
just by a little compromise, and then a little compromise, and a little compromise. The Bible says that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And one day, he woke up and he said, yo, my dad's servants are eating better than I am. I'm starving. I'm in the filthiest place I never thought I would be. Come on, we can get to a place where we never thought we would be just by a few little compromises. And time goes, and we compromise a little more. And then we wake up one day, and we were like, I never thought I would be, I would be here. A little bit of compromise. A little bit of compromise is going to get you hurt. Compromise will kill your greatness. Compromise will kill gains. Like, compromise. Giving yourself a little break. Come on, I'm all about grace. I love grace. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the grace of God. But we have to be cognitive and understand how far compromise will go. Compromise will kill your greatness. Compromise will steal your zeal. We have to be zealous for what God has called us, passionate about what God has called us to, understanding that potential. We will never reach the potential of greatness in us if we keep compromising. Because that one slice of cheesecake, I just, maybe I'm just hungry. I love some cheesecake. But um, that one slice of cheesecake, that one time, isn't going to kill you. But that cheesecake every day is going to hurt you. CJ makes some amazing banana pudding. And um, she brought me a, a sizable container of banana pudding. And I enjoy banana pudding a lot. I enjoy it a lot. You can probably tell. Um, this button's holding on for dear life. I'm just but uh, she brought it, and <clears throat> I'm pretty much the only person that eats banana pudding in my house. Like, so it's a win-win for me, right? And so it was in my refrigerator, and I was like, "What's one scoop, right? We're gonna go. We're gonna go work out." And then I was walking by a few hours later after getting that taste in my mouth. And I was like, what's another scoop, right? I mean, there's probably like 100 calories, a couple hundred calories, a couple thousand calories. Um, but I'm going to get work out. It's fine. And so uh, midnight comes. I, I wake up, and I'm like, oh, I'm really thirsty. And then the dog follows me. And I'm like looking at Luna. I'm like, What's another scoop, right? It's just three scoops, right? And then um, Rihanna comes up, you know, I think the next next night, and she's like, did you eat all the banana pudding? I'm like, I think I did. <laughs> I'm my bad, you know? Like, a little bit of compromise goes a long way. Like, it's all, life is about moderation. I'm telling you that, that you know, one, you know, give yourself, look, I, like I said, I'm all about grace, but... We have to be careful. We have to be understand and hold ourselves to a standard to which God is pleased. Confusion. Confusion will gr kill our greatness. Confusion will kill our greatness. Distractions. I really wanted to say distractions, but it wouldn't be alliteration. I wouldn't have three C's, so I went with confusion. So, 
You guys might be confused. You're like, what? That doesn't make sense. But distractions are basically confusion. If we're distracted, it will bring confusion into our lives. Distractions will take away our vision. It will blur it. Because when we're distracted, we're not focused on, on what God's called us. Look, we live in a world of distractions. A world of distractions. There's so many distractions in our world. There's so many things that... that that take and demand our attention all the time, all the time. Look, we have a, a phone in our hand that is a world of distractions. Like, we, you know, the, there's a, a big thing. You can't, even, you can't even drive now with your cell phone out because we're so distracted all the time through, through screens, through whatever it is. Distractions will kill our, our potential. Look where you're going because where you look, you're going. Look where you're going, because where you look, you're going. If you ever drive a motorcycle or anything like that, or take a, take a, a motorcycle class, it'll tell you this. Cause, or if you're driving, try it. Don't try it, uh, really. But if <laughs> I, I'm like I'm distracted easily, uh, like this is just me. And so we'll be driving down the road, and one of the kids will be like, "Oh, look at that house." I'm like, "What?" You know, like, I'm like, what's going on over here? And the reader yells at me. She's like, keep your eyes on the road. I'm like, I am. And Because uh, where we look, we are going. Look, Lot and Abraham, God said, he, or Abraham told Lot, he said, which way are you going to go? And, and Lot chose uh, to the left, and he, he pitched his tent towards uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And then we, we knowing the story, Lot ends up there because every day he would wake up, throw open the tent, and he would see Sodom and Gomorrah. And eventually he ended up there. But it says that Abraham, he pit, uh, where he landed, he built an altar to the Lord. And so every day, the first thing he does is, is see the altar of the Lord. He flings over his tent and sees the altar of the Lord. And God blesses him. Through that, where we look, we are going. Can I tell you, distractions are going to kill your potential. We like we like distractions. We like when we're distracted because we don't have to think about the pressures of life. We we distract ourselves with with alcohol. We distract ourselves through social media. We distract ourselves through all kinds of things. But look, God is saying, I need you to focus. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of vision. See, God has, has called you and made you on purpose for a purpose, and he has given you visions, and he has called you to that vision. He has given you the potential and the power to, uh, to attain that vision in your life. You have the power and the potential to be great. And look, greatness isn't what the world says greatness is. I listened to a podcast called The School of Greatness, and, and uh you got to be careful which ones you look, listen to. There, there's some really good ones, but um, this guy, at the end of the uh, podcast, he, he asks his, his guests, whatever guest it is, these people that have done great things in the world, and, um, great communicators, great, great thinkers of uh, successful people. And he says, what is your definition of greatness? What is your definition of greatness? And people answer this question all kinds of ways. And I began to think, what is my definition of greatness? When I die, can I say I achieved greatness? And what is that going to look like? 
What is greatness to you? I believe that greatness is doing the will of God. I think greatness is understanding the power that we have, not in ourselves and our own strength, but the power that we have in Christ. The potential to change things in our world. Look, we may never affect the whole world, but the world that we live in, the people that we come in contact, what influence and potential to change in them? When we actualize that, I believe that is greatness. I believe greatness looks different from everyone and that everyone has great potential to do great things for God. And God, if we, we look at you know, the Bible and the people that God called to, to serve as his disciples, and so many of them were just ordinary men. He didn't call great kings to follow him. He didn't call great uh, successful people. Luke was a doctor. He was probably the most successful person there. Uh, but he called common fishermen. He called people that didn't quite have it all together, as we see with Peter. <laughs> you know, And uh, he calls people because he sees the potential. As, as David's anointed king, the, the prophet's there, and he calls David's brothers in, and all these men, uh, David's brothers, looked like they could be the potential new king. But then God says something powerful. He says, I do not look on the outside as you do, but I look on the inside. See, we might not look what the world says is greatness, but God sees the greatness in you. He has called you. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where, where you've been. God sees the greatness, the potential in you. I need a, I need a $20 bill. It's basically for lunch. Anybody have? Janet has a $20 bill. As the band comes, I'm not going to really buy lunch with it unless you, unless you want me to. And then uh, I receive that blessing. $20 bill. I wouldn't buy lunch today because Chick-fil-A's closed. $20 bill. The law enforcement says that it's almost impossible to find a $20 bill that doesn't have some traces of, of cocaine on it. That $20 bills, they are used uh, to buy drugs mostly, alcohol, and it's just crazy because you're like, what? Janet has a cocaine $20 bill? <laughs> Who would have thought, you know? <laughs> She's the sweetest lady ever, you know? <laughs> but the, this, this $20 bill, this one, um, has been through many hands. It has a long history. And some of what it's done and, and the power of the $20 bill has been used maybe to bribe people to get somebody drunk to buy cocaine to buy marijuana 
this, this $20 bill could have been a lot of different places. Many immoral. But no matter where this $20 has been or the, the bad things that or immoral things that this $20 has empowered someone to do, it doesn't diminish the value. It's still worth $20. It still has a value of $20. Why? Because the maker of the $20 bill has determined the value. Not the history of the $20 bill, but the maker of the $20 bill, the U.S. Treasury, says that this currency, this note, is worth $20. The failures and the immoral acts that were used in, in the history of this $20 bills does not diminish on, the value. Come on, we have the potential to do great things for God. This $20 bill has great potential to, to achieve a lot of different things. If we invest $20 bill in the right thing, over time, this will grow and, and, and begin to do great things and achieve greatness. We have a maker today. We have a God in heaven that looks at you and, and, and determines your value. It, the, the, your, your history doesn't determine your value. Your past failures don't determine your value. The, but the maker says you are a, a person he has made and he has great value and great potential and greatness in you if you just actualize that. If you understand that, that, that stop comparing yourself to other people because you're not those people. You're exactly who God has called you to. He, he, you're exactly who God has made you. And, and stop comparing your, yourself to people. Stop compromising and settling for less because God has, has made a standard uh, called the Bible. We got to begin to read the Bible and look at and compare it to our lives. We need to stop comparing and, and, and compromising. Then we got to stop the confusion. We have to begin to understand the vision that God has called us and stop being distracted. And those distractions begin to confuse us and then we begin to settle and come on, you are valued. You are valued by a maker. He has set your value today and has called you to do something great. And that greatness can look like a a lot of different things. For some of you, it's going to be a great mom. Some of, some of you, it's going to be a great dad. Come on, this world needs some great dads, and we live in a fatherless generation. We we need some dads to step up. Come on, some of you, it might be greatness is coming up here and setting chairs up. Some of you might be playing music. Some of you might be speaking. Some of you might be youth pastor and some of you might be teaching children in the in the nursery 
Some of you might just be a bringer. God has blessed you to invite people here and, and it's, it's just giving you that, that blessing. You're a great inviter. See, God has given us a vision. He has called you on a purpose for a purpose. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He says, go into all the world, call them to be my disciples and teach them everything I have, I have said. There's greatness in you. There's greatness in you. You may be, say, I'm just... Fill in the blank. I'm not great. I'm just. And you're not great. By yourself, apart from Jesus, you're not great. That's right. But with Jesus, we have the incomparably great power. We have the incomparably great power that raised Christ from the dead. Check it out. It says, let's read this again. He says, he says, I pray that your eyes might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you and the riches and glorious of his inheritance and his holy people see we have an inheritance in christ oh god uh, in incomparably great power for us who believe the power the same power the mighty strength he has exerted when he raised christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above the rule and authority of this earth. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what people think about you. It's that power that's in you, the greatness that's in you. There's greatness. Marcus Dupree never became a household name. He never achieved the true potential he had to be a great football player because many different reasons. But I believe because he began to compare himself. He began to get distracted. He began to compromise.